we should read our Bibles. As men digging for buried treasure. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Life's a garden, man. You gotta dig it. Hello fellow treasure hunters, welcome to the excavation site, I'm Justin, alongside me we got Ben, Stephen, and Chad, we'll be your guides on this excursion, hope you brought your shovel and your compass, cause we got the map, let's dig. Hello all my local guys and gals and long distance pals, we're back, what's going on Stephen? Uh, same old, same old my friend. I noticed we got an empty chair. We do. Ben's a little under the weather. Um, he'll probably he probably miss tomorrow too, I'd imagine, and then he'll be back with us uh, the following week when we get going again. Oh, okay. Well, not you know you noticed that presence, that big hairy man not next to me. So I had to ask, address the elephant in the room. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> he is missed. Which uh, we got a special guest for you guys today. Uh, We'll just dive right in, but uh, I guess uh, lead us off in prayer, Stephen. All right. Dear Lord, thank you for everything you've given us. Thank you for the blessings that we cannot even begin to be worthy of. Um, just continue to help us through your word, help us become stronger and, and, and sharpen ourselves through your word, and help us reach that one person that needs to hear what, what you have to say. And in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, Stephen, introduce our guest today. Well, today we have Mike Kerr, who is the founder of Hear the Watchman. And uh, we were just recently at one of his uh, conferences um, that they that they put on, which we've already gone over that in a lot of detail already with a lot of the guests and the individual stuff. And a few of those guests actually are going to be coming on here shortly. Um Vicki Joy Anderson, um, we're looking at talking to Tracy Tennant and a couple other people that yeah. were at that. David Paxton. David I Paxton. To him today. I love David Paxton. I already that had Derek. And we had Derek on as well already. But um this this uh Mike, everything that you've put together here with this Hear the Watchman, I it's it's really inspiring to me. And it was it was uh, it really helped me dive in past the norm of what I hear with church or uh, uh, you know when we talked about that spiritual warfare and things like that it was really amazing um kind of tell us how you kind of got started with uh, hear the watchman yeah well let me tell you uh it 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 was all truly inspired by the lord and the lord called upon me to gather his people now I was absolutely the last person on his call list when I got when I got that message. I mean, there were plenty of other people that were way better qualified than I was. You know, I was uh, I grew up in a great family. My dad was a vice president for Ma Bell. Uh, I had all the great things, uh, life. 
Uh, I worked on Wall Street, traveled around the world, and I was homeless and a heroin addict. And, uh, you know, I'd been homeless for, I don't know, six months in downtown L.A., and every day I'd go out and I wanted to jump off a bridge or in front of a train, and I could never just get the guts to do it. I was just like this hopeless optimist, you know, like, okay, this is going to get better. i, I got to hang in there. And so one night I... Uh, passed out in the in an alcove of a, a Korean church uh, in uh, downtown Los Angeles. And uh, when I woke up and I prayed that night, I, I had a good basic uh, upright upbringing uh, in the church. And I, uh, I prayed and I said, Lord, please just help me get me out. Just get me out of this. You know, that desperation prayer we all make. I promise, Lord, I'll never do this again if I don't get caught. And uh, so uh, the next morning I woke up and some other homeless dude had stolen my shoes and socks. So that morning I walked across uh, downtown Los Angeles and sat down in front of a a restaurant there. It's a very famous restaurant by uh, the train station called Philippe's. French dip, where my father used to take me as a kid when I'd go visit him at his office uh, for lunch. And I sat out there dejected and I would never beg for money because, you know, I still had my pride, right? (laughs) And uh, so I'm sitting there just, uh, I mean, just beat up. And uh, this uh, guy walks up to me and it was a young kid and he had a pair of sandals which is biblical. And he said to me, he said, Hey man, I don't know why I put these in the car today, but I'm going to give them to you. You look like you need them more than I do. And I was like, dude, you know, and I put them on and I was looking at my new sandals, you know, now I could walk and I looked up for him and he was gone. Nowhere to be seen. So I sat there for a little bit and this other guy, a businessman walked up to me and he said, you know what? For some reason, I feel compelled to give you $10 today, and I don't ever give money to bums like you, <laughs> which just cut me right to the core, right? Uh, and so uh, same thing happened. I looked down at the $10 bill, and I was like, whoa. And I uh, I looked up, and he was gone. And uh, so I sat there with that 10 bucks, and... Believe it or not, it was the hardest decision I think I'd ever faced in my life. Do I take the 10 bucks and walk down the street to a liquor store and get a bottle and I'll be okay that day? Because when you're on the streets, it's all about being okay and being okay right now. And uh, and so I sat down on this bus bench and uh, you know, one more time I prayed to God and I said, God, what am I going to do here? And uh, I sat there and a bus pulled up and I had no intentions of getting on the bus. And the bus driver looked down at me and I said, hey, buddy, let's go. This is your bus. And I was like, well, all right, I'm not doing anything else. You know, <laughs> I'll just get on the bus and ride the bus to the end of the line and see what happens. So I rode the bus to the end of the line. And at the end of the line, the guy goes, well, you got to get off now. There's other buses going the other way. If you want one, here's a transfer. And I got out of the bus and I walked out 
and the bus had dropped me off by this place and there was a lady there just a real wrinkly face and she was smoking a cigarette and she looked at me and she said we've been waiting for you buddy and i went over and talked to her for a minute and basically it was a program to get you off the streets and i went into that program and got off the streets and got straightened out and uh you know i truly believe those two uh individuals that uh, showed up uh when i was sitting there that day were uh angels sent by god uh i believe the whole thing was a divine intervention by the lord uh, it wasn't over yet. You know, I had done some things. I had to go to jail uh, for six months. And going to jail is where I was truly saved when I got on the floor of a, a, a cell and and simply repented to the Lord for everything I'd ever done. <clears throat> and, and uh, you know, got out, got my life back together. And people always ask me, well, like, with your experience and, and all your credentials, it must have been easy. I'm like, no, it wasn't easy. I mean, what do you want me to do? Walk into Morgan Stanley with the same <clears throat> jeans I've been wearing for the last year, torn up tennis shoes and a T-shirt that says I fight authority <laughs> and say, hey, man, look at my resume. You know, I'm here. It didn't work out that way. I did, I did the worst job I think of all I did was tearing off uh, roofs and putting on new roofing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was horrible. And I wasn't that young, you know, I was in my, uh, my forties then. So to make a long story short, uh, I was working for this rehab facility and one night late, I got, I, I don't know, I just got the urge and I do not recommend this to anyone. I got the urge to get on the computer and to apologize to everybody I'd ever hurt along the past. And so there was this girl that I dated all through high school and college uh, who I just kind of dumped in not such a great way. And uh, I called her up to apologize, or I, I sent her an email and I asked her, were you the same Jeannie Moore that went to uh, Dana Hills High School and uh, USC? And I got an email back from her that just said, I thought you were dead, which was a reasonable, you know, response at the time. Well, she and I have now been married for 17 years. And uh, wow. she kind of, now she kind of found, uh, let's say she became awake sooner than I did. I had gone back into the investment world and, uh, I was uh, I was working and she started listening to the Hagman report and Steve Quayle and all that stuff. And uh, and one day, I mean, I would come home from work and I came home one day from work and I couldn't get the car in the garage because there was this gigantic pallet there. And then next to it was this box that said solar generator. And I came in the house and I'm like, what the heck is all that crap in the garage? And she said, well, that's all our long-term food storage. And, and that's, you know, a solar generator because when everything goes down, the grid goes down and the lights go out, we'll be able to take care of ourselves. And I just kind of looked at her like, yeah, you've really gone off the deep end now. And later that evening, she said, I'm going to go to a conference. Uh, and uh, 
she goes, if you want to come, that would be great. And I said, well, who's going to be there? She goes, oh, Steve Quayle, Russ Dizdar, uh, Doug Hagman, uh, Pastor David Langford. And I said, just stop there. I said, I don't want to go to a conference and listen to all those nutcases sell fear and doom. And, and I, I just, I have no desire. And I said, where the heck is it? And she said, it's in Bozeman, Montana. And I said, well, now, wait a minute, because I love to fish. We were talking about it earlier. Uh, I love fly fishing, and, and they have some of the best fly fishing in the world up there uh, around Bozeman and over mm-hmm. in Yellowstone. And so. So you saying uh, you had ulterior motives? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you know. So um, I, said, uh, I said, well, do you have a schedule? And she gave me the schedule. And I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is so cool. She is going to be there from nine in the morning till nine at night. That means I can fish all day and not get a single phone call or I'll just be by myself fishing. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go, but I'm going to go fishing. And she's like, okay. So we, uh, we went up there and I told her when we got to the place, I said, listen, do not do what you always do and just disappear. She goes, I just want to go in for a minute. Come in with me for a minute. I told him I'd help him out. I want to see uh, what I can do. And I said, okay. So sure enough, I go in. And uh, and sure enough, she does what she always does and just disappears. <laughs> and I'm standing there. You know, she has the key to the hotel room. Uh, she had uh, her purse that had my wallet in it and the keys to the car. And... Uh, and I'm just standing there stuck. And this guy comes walking in with a, uh, a hand truck and he's got all these books and he's disheveled and he's sweating. And uh, he goes over by this table. And I, I said, you know, I said, hey, man, do you need a little bit of help? You know, because that's just the way I am. And he goes, oh, I'd, I'd really love that. And so we set his book table up and all that stuff. And. He says, look, I, I, I got to go run and get some more books. I'll be right back. Uh, will you watch my stuff here? And I said, yeah, sure. You know, and uh, so I sat there. An hour went by and he wasn't back. And all these people are coming up uh, and they're looking at the books and they're like, oh, my gosh, these are awesome. Which book's the best? I don't know. Yeah, so I started looking at the pictures on the cover of the book and the little thing in the back that tells you what the book's like. And I was like, that looks good. Take that one. So I did that. And he came back after about two hours. <laughs> and I said, dude, you know, I have like about $1,000 in cash that's yours from these books. And he says, oh, okay. And I gave it to him. And he stuck it in a little bank bag. And he put the bank bag in a backpack and he said, look, I just have to go for like 10 minutes to talk to someone and then I'll be right back. And uh, I put the money, you can put the money in the bank bag that's in that backpack. And by the way, there's a Glock nine millimeter in there just in case you need it. Well, I'm at some sort of nutcase Christian conference. Why do I need to have a gun, you know, and and so my wife comes over and she's like, do you have any idea whose table you're at? I said, I don't know. 
And uh, she said, it's Steve Quayle's table. And I, I'm like, yeah, that's the guy that's on the books. And, and she goes, no, that's Steve Quayle. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But what happened to me was I sat there with Steve Quayle and listened to him talking to people. And I listened to the people asking him questions. And long story short, I never did do a single, I never got my line wet that whole conference, that <laughs> whole weekend. I went to every session and I sat there with Steve Quayle and ended up getting baptized there. And Steve Quayle baptized me. What uh, an awesome story. It was awesome, you know. And so then we came home and, uh, you know, the uh, they didn't do another conference. It was called the Whitestone I think it was called the Whitestone Remnant. And the next year they didn't do it. Now, Jeannie and I had done, I had started something called the Snowball Express, uh, where we brought the uh, widows and children of any soldier killed serving in Iraq and Afghanistan, the Gulf War, Iraq and Afghanistan, out to uh, Orange County, California for a weekend of dreams. We put them all up in hotels. We took them to the Oakley facility for a big party. We took them shopping at a big mall, took them to Disneyland for two days, and then took them to an Anaheim Ducks game. And we got it down. We know how to do these things and who to go for to help, you know. And I looked at my wife and I said, you know, we need to do another conference. And uh, she said, well, let's pray about it. So then I had this, this is the only time in my life that this has happened. I heard an audible voice say to me, gather my people. And that's all I heard. And then I, I went to bed that night and I had a dream about a particular place to gather his people. And I guess I was talking about it in my sleep in the morning I woke up. Uh, my wife, Jeannie, said, well, you, you know, you were saying all this stuff. I said, we need to find, we need to find a hotel called the Riverside that's two stories and sits on a river somewhere and there's a giant chess board and there's bicycles by a restaurant uh, by the river. And uh, she's like, okay. So, you know, she was an event planner her whole life. So she gets on there and starts, you know, Googling Riverside Hotel. She goes, there's one in Laughlin, Nevada. I said, I guarantee you that's not it. And so we found this hotel in uh, Boise, Idaho, and she said, uh, let me show you this one. And it was exactly as my dream, exactly. Big chess set, bikes by a restaurant, by the pool, two-story, family style. And so we wanted to do our first year of the watch from there, but we couldn't get the dates right. They wanted us to come in winter, and you don't want to go to Boise in the wintertime. Mm -mm. So we did the first one in Dallas, Texas, and it was uh, it was a great experience. There were a thousand people at that one, you know, uh, and I think since that was in 2016, I think we've either been done, we've either done or coordinated for other ministries, 20 conferences now across the country, and uh, we've done a ton of uh, virtual conferences. And it's just a blessing. I mean, I meet people like you. You know, I, I, I met you in a very in a very interesting way. Yeah. You know? 
and uh, and uh, it's it truly is. Uh, I'm blessed today to be serving the Lord and doing something you love. You know, to be doing something that you love, you enjoy serving the kingdom and being around other people with that same passion. It just it's throwing fuel on the fire. I can't I can't describe it since I've started this and put myself in a community with like-minded people. It's just it's amazing you feed off of each other. Mm-hmm. And I met your wife uh it was the first night uh it was before uh Tom Dunn. Mm-hmm. And I went downstairs cuz we had just recorded with Derek like maybe the week before so I, I went down there and got some pictures with Derek talked to him for a minute and then I bumped into your wife and we got to talk and she's like oh do you know Derek and I was like well yeah we just recorded with him and stuff and she's like oh you got a podcast and I said yeah and I immediately you know I mean I'm like, like a bulldog I reached in my bag and pulled out uh, some stickers and business <laughs> yes. cards and gave them to her and she's like look at you you got all this merch and advertisement you're ready <laughs> and we talked for probably 30 or 45 minutes my wife's like tugging on my arm like we're missing time done <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's amazing how we all feed off each other when they're there you know i was very sick at that conference uh not from anything that you could catch my health would have been deteriorating and and uh uh, all the guys prayed over me, and on uh, the Sunday we had a very special little service at David Heavener's church there, and Derek and David and Tom and David Paxton and and uh, Jim Woodcock uh, and all the other men in the room came up and pray, prayed over me, and I, I'll tell you that it was supernatural healing. When I when I left Idaho to get there, I had to have uh jim's uh, 13 year old daughter carry some of my luggage jim carried the rest of my luggage uh i could barely walk through the airports uh dorona his daughter had to carry me i mean she had to be by my side and she held my arm everywhere i went uh and by the time i left that sunday we left on monday i could walk through the airports carry my own stuff and get on the plane and get home. And uh, it was a miracle, it was an absolute miracle. And, you know, I'd always heard you guys about supernatural healing, but I was always kind of like, yeah, you know, I mean, you can imagine with what I do. I deal with some really blessed and wonderful people, but I also get a few wing nuts in there, you know? And so, you know, I, I would hear this stuff and I'd be like, well, whatever until it happened to me and now i'll tell you prayer works i mean it works and so it has been an incredible journey uh it has definitely not been easy and uh it seems that right now with the economy and the country uh and the uh the overall uh you know i mean i think guys that largely uh, even though the COVID thing, or I probably shouldn't say that word. Uh, you're you on YouTube. You're safe. Why? Okay. <laughs> I'm suspended on YouTube because L.A. Marzulli said COVID. Oh yeah. Uh, but but uh, you know, I think while we've come out of it to a large degree, uh, we're still 
and self-quarantine. People today tend to, they've gotten lazy and it's easy to uh, do a virtual conference and you sit at home and you watch all this stuff and you can pause it and you can go out to eat or mow the back lawn or shovel snow and then you can come back in and uh, watch it. But the body of Christ is suffering because we are not doing what the Bible said and gathering in person. You're missing the fellowship. Well, that's the thing. You know, it says, you know, plain in the text there, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst of them. And I think it's so important that we we are always getting together. Like you just said at the conference with, with the healing, you think about how many people that are on fire for God were in that building at the same time and the Holy Spirit just running rampant through there and feeling that because you could feel it when we're there. I mean, it, it's, it's in the atmosphere. It's in the air. You can feel that. And that's what, that's what this, I mean, the presence of God was there. And that's when, when we shut down churches and we shut down, you know, the economy, you shut down everything, but especially churches, the one place that should have been there for everybody. The one place that should have been the, the stronghold for people through the time that they're struggling was the one w- w- shut down as well. And, and, and it just, it decimated, it, it gave the devil a foothold that he's never had before. And it's, it's a scary time for that because it's only going to get worse. And right now the ministry and stuff you guys are doing with the, hear the watchman and things and, and, and a lot of other things, podcasts like this podcasts, like the, you know, the, the like Gilbert's podcast, you know, the House of Fellowship, like his, you know, Iron and Myth, all those different people, all those different things that they do are more important today than ever before because we need to make sure we're reaching everybody that we possibly can. And guess what? Tomorrow, it'll be even more important. And it keeps getting closer and closer and closer to that time when when he, when he's coming back. Well, you know, you're right. And... uh I believe largely that a lot of this was what they wanted to do. They wanted to control us. They wanted to keep us isolated so that they could do whatever they want. And, and, and that seems to be the go, the going thing. Satan's working like crazy right now. And it's up to us as the remnant body to stand up to that, but you can't stand up to it if you don't have the tools. You know, we do uh, Zoom fellowships, which is the closest thing to uh, live interaction. We do one on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central, uh, which is is basically we have a speaker and then we do questions and answers. Then Wednesday night, we do Warfare Wednesday, which is all about spiritual warfare. And uh, on Thursday nights, like tonight, we do a praise and worship service called We Are Two. Uh, Tonight, Jamie Walden is going to preach. And that's how we stay all connected right now. The church, people say, well, when's the church going to go underground? We're already underground. I'm telling you right now, the church has already gone underground. Now, the issue is, are you ready? You know, are you ready? We are, we are going to do in, uh, in January, uh, we have a virtual conference that we'll be releasing with, uh, which I'm announcing for the first time here on your show. Uh, 
We will be announcing it shortly publicly through the website and all that. It's called Overcoming Deception 2023. And it will be released on uh, January 15th or thereabouts. And it's all, the, the main premise is with all of us that are going to be speaking at that is what if this is the last opportunity we have to connect with you? Because that's how bad it's getting out yeah. there. You know, that is how bad guys like you guys, guys like me, guys like uh, Steve Quayle and uh, uh, Dave Hodges and uh, Hagman, you know, they we're all on their hit list. And it's just a matter of time before they shut us down. And so we are trying to build a network through this with viable contact information for the remnant bodies so that when that day comes, we have ways to connect with each other. And, uh, and so, uh, now I get asked all the time, uh, you know, do you think Jesus is coming back? Well, I know he's coming back. Uh, could it be this year, 10 years, a hundred years or 500 years? I don't know. And anybody that says they know, turn them off right now. Yes. You know, no man knows the day. And and so, but what do you do until then? Make you, sure your oil is full and ready. The lamp yeah. is ready. Yeah. You've got to repent. You've got to get right with Jesus, you know. And look, I'm going to tell you, for, if, if Jesus could take a piece of clay like me that was a complete wretched sinner and was homeless on the street, addicted to heroin, smoked $300 a day worth of heroin until I ended up homeless. And if he could take someone like me and turn my life around to serve him, just think what he can do with you. You just have to let him and you just have to listen. And that's the thing. I mean, when you look, God uses the the weak, little, insignificant things to confound the wise and the strong and the powerful because it gives him more glory. It shows his power and his might through, you know, us weaklings. I mean, if you look throughout history, it's it's time and time again, he, you know, it, Society favors the eldest son. God always chooses the the young weakling, younger son. You know, look at uh, Peter. You know, David. Yeah, David. I mean, it's always it's something. It's that David versus Goliath thing all the time, and it'll be like that through history. We're always going to look like we're losing, but guess what? We already won the battle, and that's the important thing at the end. Is but, you know, the old question that you see in, like, the, the tacky movies and stuff, but who's coming with me? Hmm. Who's yep. coming with me? Because we want to take as many with us as we can when we end up, you know, when we end up going to heaven, whether you're, you know, a believer in the rapture, whether you believe we're going through the tribulation, it really doesn't matter. Because in the end, you just have to be ready. Because whatever happens, as long as your heart's in the right place, we're going to end up in the right place. Yeah, so. Absolutely. You know, I'm... I get involved in that all the time, and I don't take a position on the rapture just for that reason. I have my own personal beliefs, uh, but uh, I'm I'm pretty darn sure that Jesus isn't going to call me up and say, "Hey, Mike, what do you think I should do?" 
you know, that's not going to happen. So you just have to be prepared for whatever's to come, you know, and the only way you can do that is to be right with Jesus. You know, I mean, if you look at the country right now, uh, I mean, just look at our political system. What a what a mess. We're in you Babylon. Know, you know, you know yeah, I mean, you, you look at, you know, we have uh, uh, next Tuesday, you know, uh, we're going to have the, the the midterms. Now, you know, it does look like it will go uh, red. And it, and if it does, there'll be a, a gigantic, you know, melee. If it goes blue, there'll be a gigantic melee. Because no one in America trusts the system anymore. No, the, I mean, look what's going on in Brazil right now. Yeah. Same so thing same that happened thing. to us in 2020. Yeah. And that, you know, if that happens again, then I believe that we may have civil war. But beyond that, let's look at what's going on. We've got a whole uh, liberal agenda to push down our throats, this LBGT, QRST, whatever. And you've got, you've got teachers in schools fighting to standing on their rights to have drag queens read to the kids in school. Well, even the Catholic Church are bringing them in now. Do you, have you seen that? Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and let me ask you guys this. If you're at a school where that's going on, and what they're doing is, if you mention, well, we want the Bible in there, oh, no, 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 you know, it's time to find new teachers. Yeah. And maybe those teachers are moms and dad at home. And, and that's why a lot of people are turning to that. Well, remember, freedom of speech is only free until somebody decides that uh, they don't agree with you. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's where we are right now. You can, you know, everybody wants their opinion to be heard until all of a sudden they want to find it offensive. Yeah. And, and I, it just drives me nuts. You know, in the end, it, whatever happens and this is what I tell everybody, and this is this is my personal stance on on all of that situation. Is all we can do is do exactly what Jesus told us: is go just like He told the apostles, right? In Acts, and that's what I've been studying a lot lately. Is you go into that town, and if they refuse to uh, accept Jesus, you dust off your sandals and you walk away. That's exactly what you do, and you go on to the next one, and you go on to the next one. Because in the end, I'm not the judge of you right? I don't judge you. I have to worry about me. In the end, you're the only one that's responsible for you. And when we get to that point, uh, you know, it says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And, and at that point, you have to answer for everything you've done in your life. I'll have to answer for everything I've done in my life. So it, we'll see, we'll see where we get to when we get to that point. But it's, it's, um, I, I tell you, as much as I, I just, I, I wish everybody would just believe everybody would just, you know, it'd be great to, to just say, oh, you know, everybody's going to heaven, but at the same time, there's a few people that are just going to be sitting in front of that throne. And, uh, when they're confessing, Jesus said, I never knew you. And yeah, that, that's going to be pretty right. powerful. You know, I mean, it, it's, the other thing, guys, that we have to preach against is the cannibalism within the remnant body. You know, you, you and it all came crystal clear over that shot that they forced on us, where 
someone would get it and another member of the body would say you know oh you're you're not christian you're gonna you know you're gonna die you're gonna how horrible how could you do that or you've taken the mark you know, yeah. you know i've even heard yeah. that yeah we have to we have to stop that fighting that infighting i mean and we need to be ready to do battle you know i have had people tell me when they find out about my past they're like well maybe you're not exactly the best qualified to do this and i said well first of all god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the call amen i say that all the time yes and and number two is let's just take a look for a minute at his disciples a murderer an adulterer i mean do i have to keep going on there tax collectors yeah yeah you know i mean what does a healthy man need of a physician i came for the lost yeah and, and and here's my point with all that we are all capable of serving christ if we give our heart to him and if we listen to him we're all capable of doing it there is no easy way out anymore those days are gone now it's time to put on your armor and get ready for what's to come you know and and we do that by getting right with jesus you know i'm i like have a nickname there was a movie this guy which is a great movie but uh they uh, a lot of my friends call me the machine gun preacher because <laughs> you know i'll have to i'll have to admit sometimes i drop an f-bomb sometimes i you know i do my best you know but uh you know I, i'm like coach dave dobbemeyer man i'm like get your butt up off the couch and get out there and do something for jesus don't just sit there and read your Bible. Hey, it's great you read your Bible, but you gain all that wonderful knowledge that you're getting out of that Bible and you sit in your house and you don't talk to anybody. You don't do anything. Yep. Take all that. Take what God has given you in your blessing of being saved and get out there and save someone else. You know, uh, I get the questions all the time. Well, I, I want to work with the homeless, but they scare me. What do I do? I, 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 I give them a couple of dollars every now and then. I said, that's not what you do. What you do is you find them sitting out in front of a Circle K or a 7-Eleven or a gas station with a mini mart. You go in and you buy one of those prepared sandwiches and you come out and hand to the guy and you tell him, you know what? You don't need to live this way anymore. And you and you just hint, you don't, don't take the Bible out and slap him over the head with it. Just give him a little hors d'oeuvre. And, and tell him what can be done. And then, you know, in my case, uh, since I started doing that, I would see the same guys, you know, and after a while they'd come up to me and they would say, um, Mike, so tell me, tell me more about, about how Jesus can get me out of here, you know, and, you know, so there were guys that I helped. And that's uh, the thing. Uh, some people wanted to say, you know, that, you know, you weren't, you know, prepared for this or called for this because of your history and your past that makes you more relatable i mean if you think about it if you're a heroin addict who you know who do you want to talk to about the love and grace of god you know a a suit and tie minister that uh, saved his virginity to a wedding night never done a drop of alcohol or drug in his life and you want to talk to him about how it's so easy to get off drugs or do you want to talk to a former addict that's turned to christ and you're, well, you know you're you're an image bearer. You know we talk about that a lot. You know you are 
imaging God here on earth. So the things you do, the choices you make, the words you say, you are reflecting God, and that's the best testimony you can ever have to anyone. Let them see God through you. Well, as as we all say, and the Bible tells us, God prepared God prepares us for a time like this. So I was for a long time very guilty over my past until I realized a couple of things. One is that everything I went through, and I gave you the short version, there's a lot of really funny stuff and a lot of really sad stuff along the road. But everything I went through, God was always there. And these were the things he needed to do to prepare me for a time like this. And when I realized that, I was like kind of okay with it. And then I don't know where, I was at a conference and I was talking to one of the attendees and and he said to me, he goes, you know, he said, quit looking in your rear view mirror. That's gone. Look ahead. And it resonated with me, you know. And you see, that's what happens when you fellowship. You don't have to be at a Hear the Watchman conference to do it. You can just be down in the at, at your local church, or you can just be with some Christian friends, and, and God will speak to you through them. One of the things that I preach is, everybody says, like, I pray, you know, I pray for this, I pray for that, you know. And I'm like, well, do you ever listen? You're like, what do you mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you know, you have to listen. God will speak to you. Sometimes audibly, like he did to me. Uh, he's never done it again. But he'll, he'll, he will speak to you maybe through a friend. Or maybe like when we hooked up yeah. in Louisville and sat out there together smoking a cigarette. You know, uh, yeah, folks, I still smoke cigarettes. Get over it. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, compared to where I've come from, that's a, that's a nothing. And yes, I will try to quit. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's how God works. You know, God doesn't work with you talking at him all the time. What would you do if you had a kid that came up to you and all he did was ask for stuff all the time and never listened to anything you said? Yeah, you know? My old man used to have a saying, he always told me, you know, because I always, you know, Believe it or not, I always like to talk. <laughs> yeah. know, a guy with a podcast, you know, he likes to talk. But uh, he'd say, son, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. You should be listening twice as much as you're talking. Yeah, yeah. that's a good way of looking at it. You have to, man. And, and you know, you also have to understand, okay, so the body of Christ has two ears, two eyes, two nostrils, 10 fingers, 10 toes, two legs, and a brain. Okay. Everybody has a different part of that body. You know, I, I read the Bible and I'm, I'm just now really starting to study Psalms again. Uh, but I cannot just quote scripture like that. You talk to Derek Gilbert or you talk to pastor Paul Bagley or Michael Boldea or, uh, you know, some of these guys, and man, they can just, out of the blue, they can rip out a verse word for word. That's not my gift. I understand it. 
but it's not my gift. I have a different gift and a different job to do for Christ than to preach like that. Uh, and we all have to realize what, what it is that the Lord calls us to do. And here's the really super cool thing about that. Once you put your arms around what Christ wants you to do for him, you will be happier than you've ever been, and you will get more than you've ever received. It's amazing. And and so, you know, uh, where do we go, you know, from here? What's next year going to bring? Well, you know, we have uh, U.S. troops on the ground in the Ukraine in what they call advisory security roles. Now, for some of your listeners that may be old enough to remember the Vietnam War, the whole Vietnam War got started because we sent U.S. troops in a advisory role, and it escalated from there. So we're there now. We've got uh, Putin and everybody else saber-rattling, including the United States, about nuclear war. Uh, we've got what's going on in Argentina. We've got what's going on in China. You know, <clears throat> the world is in complete turmoil right now. So where do, where do we go in 2023? We go to the Bible. We go to Jesus because that's our protection. We stand up against the attacks from the demonic forces. We, 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 we stop all this stuff about uh, uh, transgender and being confused. We're the ones confusing these kids. You know, it's, it's the liberal agenda uh, and the woke society that is confusing these kids. And we get back to the basics, you know, of, of the way life is lived. You know, our Pledge of Allegiance says, you know, one nation under God, indivisible, by liberty and justice for all. Well, let's get back to that. Let's get back to that kind of an America where, you know, uh, it's one nation under God, not four nations under God, and not, you know, not the left fighting the right. And all. Let's come together, indivisible, you know. And, and that's where I'd like to see 2023 go. I mean, what would you guys want? I think that's on us as a church. I mean, as as a, when I say the the body of the church, you, you, Christ's people, that like you said before, we need to stop fighting about oh the and the the shot, or we need to stop fighting about the the different. Uh, just within each other, stop bickering. We need to unite as a church and really be strong and show the the true power of God, the true power of Jesus through through. And I always say it is as is emptying out hell and, and populating heaven. I mean, that's really what we need to do here as we go further into the next the next year, the next 10 years, next 500 years. Like you said, we don't know when it's going to happen, but the Great Commission has not stopped. That's what God put, or what Jesus put on us is that our goal is to reach as many people as possible. And as evil as, as, as some of this technology and some of these things that we see, you know, that social media stuff and how many depraved, terrible things are on there. We, it also gave us this platform where we have people that can, we can reach in 
different places around the world when we can reach that's the one positive thing when we, you talked about I, i'd much rather meet in person i'd much rather be face to face with you right now but it's hard to be face to face with you and face to face with somebody in in Luxembourg and and the face to face with somebody in Russia and face to face with somebody in China all at the same time. So we've also been given a tool that we can use to combat that too and reach people in so many different ways. And we need to take advantage of that as much as we need to make sure we're still meeting in person and making sure that God's in the midst of us. And that's that's for me yeah. the next year. And see Amen. with me, the key point of the whole thing you said, you know, you ended it when you said with God. That's where things really, in my opinion, went south with us as a nation. Because, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, one nation under God. That was the glue that held us all together. What happened? We removed the glue. We removed God. And now we're all falling apart. I mean, is it is it really any surprise to anyone? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure everybody knows how to find me pretty much. I'm sure I'll get some hate mail over this one, but you know, I'm, uh, I'm telling you guys, if we don't stop fighting as this red and this blue agenda, and if we don't stop pushing God out, there's not going to be any red or blue. There's going to be Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. That's what's going to happen, you know? And, and uh, people need to wake up to that, you know. I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's funny, you know. I, I, uh, you know, I'm really in tune to the Marine Corps because I, I worked with the Marines for four years, and uh, was I was not a Marine. I was a contractor to the Marines, taking care of the families of the fallen and the severely wounded. But I got in that whole court, culture. And they have a culture that, you know, of a mission mindset. Whatever the mission is, that's all they think about, and that's all they do. And that mission is far more important than the man. And, you know, they, they, they're amazing in that way. But that's kind of the, uh, what we have to adopt. We have to adopt that our, we're mission-focused. We know, we know what it is that the Lord wants us to do, and we're going to do it, no matter what. And... You know, it's a. Uh, we've walked into a time in America where, uh, you know, we've just gotten so soft, and now, you know, it's getting rough out there. And and it cracks me up when people say, "Well, you know, oh, I'll be fine. I've got all my survival gear. I've got all this stuff, and I know how to survive out there." You don't. I'll tell you that right now. The first time I had to stick my hand in a garbage can to take a hamburger out at a McDonald's was one of the hardest thing I had ever done. The second one was a piece of cake, you know, but it's really hard to survive out on the streets, which is if it hits the fan where we're going to all go, but it would be a lot easier to survive out there. If you had a network and a body of Christians that you knew about and you could get to, and uh, you look at Jamie Walden in the Calico Buffalo Base Camp. Look that up, calicobuffalobasecamp.com. Uh, tune into our thing tonight. Uh, you should have gotten an invite if you're one of my followers, and anybody's welcome. You know, from here on, if you 
if you want to be a part of uh, the Hear the Watchman Zoom fellowships, there's no cost. You know, you just go to our website, click the subscribe button on there, and you'll get the invites every week. They're all at 7 p.m. Central Time. Well, uh, why don't we, while we're right here, why don't you go ahead and, and tell everybody exactly the website and anywhere else that, uh, that you have any material that we can reach you. Sure. Uh, you would go to, the website is hearthewatchmen.com. Pretty much everything is there. Uh, like I said, click that subscribe button and you'll be constantly notified of everything that's going on, all the Zoom calls, the conferences. And you can just go to the website and get the conference. Right now, uh, the conference that you guys were at, uh, the Advanced Spiritual Warfare Training, is available there. Uh, and you you buy it, you own it, you can download it, you can share it with your friends, whatever. Up, You can share it, I think, with up to four friends, and then it, it, the system gets mad at you. But, you know, you could have people over to your house. You know, someone comes over to your house. Someone comes into your studio there. You guys all sit down and listen to some of the speakers and talk about what they did. Uh, and uh, then we're, we are on YouTube, and I and there's a ton of material on that YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash hear the Watchman M-E-N journey, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y. Just Google hear the Watchman YouTube, you'll find it. Uh, but you can see past presentations from conferences, interviews, fun stuff, all kinds of things there uh, on that YouTube. We're also now on Rumble because YouTube suspended us. We're back up, I think, next week. But I post everything. I'm starting to post everything over to Rumble as well. And the Rumble address is uh, www.rumble.com forward slash hear the watch men. No space between any of those words. And you can see everything we have on Rumble. I ask that you please subscribe to those channels when you get there to help us out. Uh, and last, my shameless plug, you guys, is for the last six months, we've been working with Mike Lindell and My Pillow, And we finally worked out a, a thing where Mike Lindell donates money to us for every order you place at uh, through our, uh, our link, uh for my pillow and that that is uh mypillow.com forward slash htw you get a discount uh you get uh, a free gift and and you order on there all your holiday supplies uh order them there and you're supporting here the watchman at the same time so we're trying to do a lot guys to to uh stay in the game here uh in 2023 and i assure everybody out there that i will not back down we'll figure out a way to do it god always provides so uh i gotta run right now please, people please go to hear the watchman men.com and hit that subscribe button and avail yourself of these uh free zoom fellowships uh tuesday wednesday and thursday evenings uh, i record them and then I post those up on the YouTube channel or the uh, Rumble channel. So you can, if you can't make the time, you can still see it. But guys, I really want to thank you. I encourage you to, when it gets hard, and it will get hard to do what you're doing, don't give up. Keep going for Jesus.
Right, Mike, we appreciate you coming on, taking the time to speak with us, man. And I, I was going to uh, put a little uh, comedy in here. I was going to mess with you and, and start off the show and ask you, what's going on? Yeah. But, but I totally <laughs> let that slip, my bad. <laughs> Thanks again, Mike. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys. God bless. And all your listeners, stay strong. We thank you for listening to the Dig Bible Podcast. Questions, comments, or future episode ideas, we'd love to hear from you at thedig423 at gmail.com. If you enjoy our content, don't forget to share, subscribe, and check out our Facebook group at The Dig Podcast. Remember, you can't lean on a shovel and pray for a hole. you got to dig. <laughs>